0: Hey, before I kick off the podcast, I just want to shout out Nextdoor Clothing. Nextdoor, uh, a clothing brand based out of Bondi in Sydney, they're making really nice jeans and shirts and hats. So go and check out their full range at nextdoorsydney.com. They're also artists, so you can go and check out a range of art. They put on rad parties, and I love what they're doing. So nextdoorsydney.com for the full range. Oh man! One thing I'm losing my mind about at the moment is how did it go from like being like 22 degrees this morning to like seven degrees this afternoon?
1: I think there's only one place in the world that that could happen, Where? Yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: nuts. I'm starting to realise like we have such variable weather conditions.
1: Man, I, I wore. I wore, like, shorts, a tee, and thongs down to Nowra today for work. It was a fucking bad decision. I Mistakes were made. Going to Nowra? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to fit in. <laughs>
0: I'm from Nowra. I was born there. Oof. Yeah. Bury. <laughs> oh, Barry. No, Nowra. North Nowra. Okay. Right. Anyway, I don't want to tell too much about my, you know, my, my background, but I do. <laughs> and I'm Nowra all the way. All right. So this is for Clem and Otis, and I want to shout out to Indosol, Crush Organics, and Kingpin Skate Supply, get on their websites, use affiliate code THT, you'll get some discounts, you'll support the show. Everybody's happy. And those of you that have been doing that already, I just want to thank you for your support. Cheers. Terrible happy talks. Terrible Happy Talks. Three, two, one. today's guest is the president of suicide prevention initiative talk to me bro he's on a mission to break the stigma surrounding suicide and he's our past guest on the show Last time, oh, excuse me. Last time he was on, we talked all things prevention, support, Tinder dates gone wrong, and much, much more. Check it out; it's episode number one hundred and forty-five. This week, he's with me in person to check in, share journey experiences, challenges, and hopes for the future. Mr. Jack Brown, welcome. Sean, thanks for having me again, brother. I do thank you for being on. You're a good talker. Thanks, man. I don't have much else going for me. Mm, no, I think you do. <laughs> I feel like we just did a podcast before the podcast. Yeah, we should have had it rolling then. The whole time you were talking, I was like, "God damn it! I should be recording this guy, <laughs> <laughs> oh. mate." I want to have you back on because I just want to let's. I want to go over the strategies for supporting people who are struggling. Let's let's get straight into it. I think we need to re- constantly remind people. Okay, how do we have difficult conversations with people that we know who are having a difficult time? It's a fantastic question, Chan. I suppose to, to hash on what we chatted about last
1: time, it's really important that if you think it's going to be uncomfortable for you, I suppose you've got to think of how it's going to feel for that person to be going through that struggle. And even though that little bit of time to be able to ask that question of, you know, and are you okay is fantastic to start with, but when asking questions, if you do feel that one of your friends is struggling, it's really important to try and ask a question that's not so open closed, especially for guys. It's very easy to be like, hey, are you okay? And you know, what would you answer, Shan? I'm good. That's, you know, conversation. That's, that's
0: that's an example of a closed question. Closed question. Yeah, exactly right. So we want to,
1: yeah, we want to ask open questions. Sorry. We want to ask open questions. So if you were to chat to someone, a really good way, you know, I'll try and condense it, but a really good way that uh, we use and we teach it, talk to me, bro, is to potentially notice things, or sorry, to mention things that you've noticed about that person that you're worried about to be able to bring up that, you know, you, you do care and you've seen they're withdrawn, haven't been turned up to footy training. They've been drinking more. They've been taking a ton of drugs you care for them, and you just need to ask, you know, if you are worried about them and you do think they're suicidal, and ask that question. And there's three ways that we teach to ask that. And we try not to use language around the word commit, like I talked about last time. We want to use language that's straight to the point in those questions. The first one is, are you thinking of killing yourself? You know, are you suicidal is another, you know, really good one. And I suppose the last one would be, yeah, did I cover, are you thinking of killing yourself?
0: Yeah, I think you did.
1: Yeah. Or are you thinking of suicide? And the reason we want to ask and talk about suicide and not use, say, the language like, are you thinking of harming yourself, is because self-harm and suicide are two completely different things, right? And we want to make sure that we grasp exactly what's going on so that we can, you know, do our best to help. And, you know, we're not psychologists, counsellors or anything like that. But once we have that information, we can at least support that person to be able to, to be with them and then refer them on to or, you know, call Lifeline, which is incredible and we're partnered with. And you know all these other organizations that are out there to help because there there is help, but you know it's just that tough part of wanting to to make that phone call when you've got those dark clouds over you.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. Do you think someone who is in a dark place would answer those questions honestly? I suppose
1: yes and no. Like I've worked with people that don't answer honestly, and I have been worried about. But all you can do is ask those questions. You can't force someone to answer something truthfully. That's where it's kind of up to them to do right. But what I would do, let's say you ask a question and you say, hey, are you thinking of killing yourself? And they go, nah, but something in your belly and your gut instinct is playing up. And that is a thing. Your gut instinct is definitely, I can't remember the study on it, but there's something to indicate that it's actually quite relevant if you do have a Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That if you are worried about that person, what I've done in the past is just send out a message to them or even call them a bit later after you've caught up with them and just say look i know you didn't want to chat earlier i know you said this but i just want you to know that no matter what happens i'm here for you and when you're ready to talk i'm a phone call away
0: yeah and like identifying those signs and symptoms like you mentioned like you know things like not turning up to footy training drinking more what else is there that would give give it away?
1: So there's quite a few, like so, the anger okay, like yeah, prone to anger, yeah, prone to anger, like really short, like out, like short temper is a big one. Another one, which can, is a bit that can go unnoticed potentially, is if one of your friends, which is usually quite down and struggling, kind of rocks up and is a complete, like, state of euphoria or is really happy,
0: like a manic sort of behavior.
1: Well, not in, in the sense that they rock up, right, and they're really happy. That's a lot, like, so in our work, a lot of the time. If that's the case where they've had a complete shift, a lot of the time you can feel like, oh, wow, that you know, this could be really positive but could also be the fact that they've made up their mind yeah. and they're finally at peace. Oh, damn. So, yeah, and that's, that's one thing that's, you know, one sign that's been noted to look out for. But at the end of the day, I suppose one point that I want to get across is that we're all human, nobody's perfect. You know, we can't sit around and monitor our friends 24-7. Part of the work we do at Talk to Me Bro is how to help a friend that might be struggling, but then how to help ourselves, you know, how, how can we get help and how can we put our hands up? Because that's one thing that we've seen, you know, specifically with males, is that they struggle to sometimes put their hand up and go, you know what, I need a hand for that fear of judgment and that fear of, you know, not having
0: it together. Yeah. So like looking after ourselves, so we don't delve to those, those deep levels of Of anguish and sadness?
1: Yeah, definitely. So we've got what's called a mental toolbox and a lot of other organisations have some great terminology for it. But essentially, it's when you're starting to feel like shit, it's things that we know make ourselves happy that we can go to. Because when things are shit, and I'm sure anybody listening, when they do feel like that, it's sometimes hard to think of things to do, get the motivation. But if you can have them nearby. So for me personally, it's going for walks around the harbour because it's got a lot of positive and happy connotations for me when I was younger struggling and overcoming them, right? Yeah. So when I am struggling, that's one of my go-tos is walking around the harbour because it makes me feel better. Now, if I do that a few times and try some other things in my toolbox like the gym, you know, chatting with mates and stuff like that, if that's not working, that's when I need to escalate it and that's when I need to, to book myself in to get another mental health plan, see a psychologist and things like that, counsellor.
0: Prevention strategies.
1: For sure. Yeah, exactly right. The prevention's always better than the cure. And being able to, to, you know, I'm very fortunate that I've had those experience and I do have some great support networks around me, but a lot of people don't. And I suppose that's who we're trying to get through in talk to me bro are the people that don't necessarily know how to help reach out for help they're the ones that we want to chat to you know to be able to support those that do reach out for help but to be also trying to encourage others that it's okay and you're not going to be you know judged or you know what is that the people that matter won't judge you
0: ooh yeah, that's what that's that's the that's the scariest thing I didn't think about that yeah that's what I'm most concerned about is fear of being judged by the people that matter
1: I, th- I think my personal opinion on that is that I know within my circle is it anybody within my immediate like that matters
0: in my life would only support me. Yeah. Maybe that's the maybe I'm thinking in the wrong terms, maybe I'm thinking more like people that I want validation off. And I mean it's hard for me to say that, but I do see I still seek that. I don't want to, but I want to be I want to be validated by people. Just like in high school, I want to be in the cool crowd. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, why can't you have validation as well as make mistakes?
1: True. That's a good point. I mean, I suppose you can, it takes away the fact that you, obviously, to be validated, you need to be what near perfect, Mm. I suppose. And I think being part of, you know, part of being successful is failing, fucking up, booking yourself in a psychologist, tumbling over, struggling, like,
0: yeah. Do you seek validation, though? Because you're quite, you know, you've, put yourself in a position where you're public, you know, you're in a public space. You're putting yourself out there in a public sphere pretty massively.
1: Good question. I suppose I've always done this, like talk to me, bro. Is it I've always done this for the sole purpose of my motivation has never been to get clout and my motivation is never to be on like a public stage or anything like that. I just know the feeling of A, being suicidal and B, losing someone, you know, family member to suicide yeah. and I don't want other people to feel the way I did. Yeah. And that's really been strong for me. And even now that, you know, Luke, who runs a Talk Me Bro in Newcastle, is top bloke, even though, you know, we're doing some incredible things with all of our Talk Me Bro community, I think it's so important to not lose sight of why things started and where we're at. And, you know, the the whole mission behind this is to help people that are struggling.
0: People, not just men. People. People. So the actual name Talk To Me Bro kind of conjures images of a men's group. Yep. Have you started to be more inclusive? Yeah, for sure. So we've started
1: a, a, like a female kind of sector that's been in fantastic. We've had girls run female, oh, sorry.
0: Okay, listen, we had a toilet break. Yeah, I gave Jack one of my special coffees and maybe had an adverse effect on you. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Absolutely smoking, <laughs> embarrassing. But we're back but with Dude, the engines. no listen, we were talking about fear of judgment, validation. I mean, I think in this world of social media everything, like I mean everyone's looking for some validation. But would you agree with me if you think it's gone full circle or is it getting worse? Like, people don't care about followers and shit anymore. Yes, I know, though. I still think that that's the older and the more experienced you
1: are. So I think that we're lucky in that sense. But I think a lot of young people still seek a lot of validation from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what's super toxic about it. Really? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think I, I know that there's a lot of people that we work with that struggle with their mental health because of social, social media. media.
0: Yeah, it's- Well,
1: it's just, yeah, you and me talked about this last time, Shannon, it's just so easy to roll out of bed and you see your mate who's having a pizza in fucking Italy and you're about to go, Mm. you know, work all day and and stuff even though there's levels to it. But it's just – it's and it just drains you. So, you know, being on your phone so much can give you headache. Like there's so many negative things to it. Like they're fantastic but, you know, I sound like an old fuck but really
0: they're – yeah, they can be quite bad. I mean is this something that comes up regularly in the conversations that you guys have? Yeah, yeah. So like – one of the questionnaires, I suppose, if you're struggling
1: is that you need to go through and like do like what we call like a, if you're going to have, if say you're a Ferrari and you know, we're all Ferraris out here. Is Definitely. If, if you're going to do a check of the Ferrari, for example, you need to go through and see what could possibly be wrong with it. So usually you don't just, you know, and it certainly can happen, but there's things that we can have a look at, right? I'm feeling like shit right now. Why am I feeling like shit? Okay. Is my sleep good? Yeah. Am I eating good? I'm spending nine hours, you know, my average screen time is nine hours a day. Well, that's, no, no, that's not mine personally. Yeah, no, not a chance. No, no, but that's what I'm saying is that as you go through, like the little checklist for righto, I'm not feeling too good at the moment. What? Why am I feeling like this? Well, I sleep four hours a day because I'm on my phone for, you know, so many scrolling, doing the TikToks and, and, and stuff like that. You know, I'm eating like shit as well as, you know, I'm, I'm on the PC. heaps. like there's so many things we can sit back and go, right. if I just made a few changes... Maybe that could help. Bless you. Bless you.
0: Oh my God. Excuse me. What's going on tonight? (laughs) It's all happening. That that change in weather has just given me the worst hay fever. But I feel okay. I don't feel sick or anything. But anyway, but yeah, getting back to just fundamentals can make such a big difference to your overall well being. And I just think people just completely forget and they need to be reminded eat well, sleep well, exercise, don't look at your phone. Socialise, talk to your family and friends and see how you feel then before you, you know, start feeling sorry for yourself. Would you agree?
1: Well, sometimes that routine, though, can – that routine drives discipline, though, and sometimes discipline's hard to have. Like, realistically, sometimes it is hard to eat well because, you know, it's easier to get dopamine from a cheeseburger than it is to go for a walk. That's a good point. And it's about making those smart choices. And just recently, actually, I've had kind of a big shift in my life where I've been making – a lot more positive choices in terms of I went with my partner two week, two weeks, two months without drinking. It's the longest since I've been, about 17, since I've, uh, yeah, probably 17 since I've gone without drinking. And? Fantastic. I haven't slept this good in my life. Really? Like, so we had drinks for my birthday, like a few, and have a few with the boys here, Danny Mangos and stuff like that. But yeah, it's the best. Stuff. Now that I, because I, especially in lockdown, I got so accustomed, like drinking became such part of the norm. And that's one thing I've worked on is, like, cutting that out. Because, again, I don't like when I drink heaps. I don't, like, I, I don't like the person I become when I drink heaps. Yeah. I much prefer the Sober Jack. So I worked on that, and that was fantastic. You know, I actually overcompensated a bit. I yeah. thought I'd lose more weight, but that, you know, that mum voice in my head was saying, well, mate, you're not drinking. Get your fucking Uber Eats. Get it. You know? Oh. Get that Saigon senses in you. And
0: big fan. Yeah. Once so, it touches your lips, it's so good. Well, It is. It is. <laughs> But again, is that eating that junk food, is that a numbing behavior as
1: well? Big time. So that's what I'm, yeah, that's exactly right. Like I'm replacing it, you know, because even though two evils don't make it okay, not to say that, you know, junk food's as bad or can be as what? bad as alcohol, but in terms of like it's very easy to replace something negative with something less negative, not yeah. positive, and that's what I felt like I did quite a bit, I was just replacing negative things in my life. With you know things that were less negative, so now like certainly worked on the diet, worked on the diet, exercise, training, you know one two times a day minimum, and my sleep has never been this good. And because my sleep's never been this good, I'm the most productive I've been in business, in work, in sleep, man. Sleep, yes, yeah, so underestimated. And you, yeah, so I'm so used to seeing like a lot of the Goggins and stuff, which are absolute animals and stuff like that. Not, not, not to ta- yeah, not to take anything away from people like that. But that mentality of like, you don't need sleep, you can sleep when you're dead. I, was like, I used to believe that until I saw what I can accomplish having eight hours sleep or seven to eight hours sleep yeah. versus, you know, three you know having eight hours and waking up at 6am versus going to bed at 2 or 3am.
0: Like what prompted the decision to have a break from the drink?
1: To be honest, Sean, I was having really bad anxiety attacks. Yeah, I was just, I was really anxious. Like I said, I don't like the person, you know, not the worst person in the world, but just I don't like... I really value and put a lot of work into myself for, you know, me for being sober so I can be the best person for everybody else around me. And when I drink, I just, all those things that I work on kind of go away. And I've had problems with anxiety in the past, and it just exacerbated it massively when I drank. Right, uh, like the next day, next yeah, next day. So I had really like bad anxiety the next day, but yeah. it was wasn't just that one day. It was for days after, and like I'd have anxiety attacks. I was having, I was getting really bad. And it wasn't like so my drinking. I wasn't drinking. You know, I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem, but I just was drinking heaps more than I, I wanted to. And like the physio- physiological points behind it were like I was getting bad headaches to a point where, and that was exacerbating my anxiety because I've got something what's called HOCD which is health OCD that I've been working through and what it is is it's catastrophizing essentially like basic stuff so if you get a headache I sometimes or well not sometimes if I get like something minor that's wrong with me I can often jump to I've got a brain tumor I've got this and I've got that and I like there's no amount of science or anything that can calm me down when I get to that And I've had to work massively through that over the past few months because I had it when I was a kid but I went really, really well at coping with it and overcoming the anxiety and things like that. But just recently, it started to kick in again and it was horrible, man. It's crippling for anybody that's listening that's ever experienced it or anything like that, even with OCD. It's one of those things where you're trying to... It's actually crazy, Shane, because what health OCD can do is it can actually present physical symptoms of the problem that you're worrying about. So these... Headaches that I was having where I thought I had a brain tumour were actually brought on because I thought about having a brain tumour. And then all the symptoms and signs that I, you know, was silly enough to Google, I wouldn't say silly enough, I need to be kind to myself, is that that was my way of coping at the time, is that the way I dealt with that was Googling it and seeing that, and then from there, because anxiety breeds off uncertainty, and there's no way, unless I had a CAT scan in my room... (laughs) Mm. And, yeah, it wouldn't be healthy to get one of those a day. I wouldn't be able to prove or anything like that. And that's where the anxiety gets to bury its little head in and goes, right. there's uncertainty here. I'm going to stick in here. And so I thought I had to make changes. Like, I went and, you know, got professional help and, again, could not be more grateful for the mother I have to support me. My partner supported me. And, again, Chan, like you and me were talking about, I'm just super grateful to have the support network around me (coughs) because, yeah, those... A really irrational thoughts that I have, and now that I'm out of that anxiety driven kind of force field, I can see that. So,
0: yeah, have you ever heard
1: anxiety being described as
0: a good thing? Big time.
1: I that's actually how it's funnily enough, that's how I present it in our sessions with Talk to Me, Bro. Okay, how do you present it? I give the old saber tooth tiger analogy, yeah. and that is anxiety is there to keep us alive, it's extremely positive, and our relationship with it. it can either be positive or negative, but at the end of the day, anxiety. Is purely there to, you know, keep you alive. So the saber-toothed tiger alley that we go down is that if back in our cavemen days away, or cavemen, cavewomen, whichever one, back in the day when you were walking around, you go out of the cave, you'd leave the cave to go get food or whatever, you'd hear a twig snap, you'd turn around, it was a saber-toothed tiger, chase you all back into the cave and, you know... Your brain would create that neural pathway. So, for the next time you heard a twig snap, even if it was in the cave, what would you automatically think? Yeah. You're in danger. Yeah. So it's all about those. In my opinion, it's all about those pathways, <laughs> neural pathways that it create. But you can definitely change it. My approach now is a lot more friendly with anxiety and a lot more accepting because the more you accept anxiety and the less you fight it, the easier life
0: is, baby. Dude, it's easier to go with the flow of the stream. As opposed to swim against it, big time, big time, my man. But I like the idea of anxiety being an indicator that something needs to change in your life. Yeah, and that that's really been a positive thing for me. It's like, okay, I'm anxious. Okay, what do I need to what do I need to reflect on? What needs to change? Why am I feeling anxious? And is it my job? Is it my relationship? Is it my diet? Is it my use of substances? You know, what's what's driving this anxiety? So, you know, a... It's a. It can be, you know, very debilitating for a lot of people, but it's like it might be a time to step back and reflect on, on how you're living. Big time, and I suppose the other thing
1: I coupled that with was being transparent and talking about it to people and be very hypocritical if I didn't talk about my problems to people, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So considering it's in the logo. So that's one thing that I really have been cognizant of is the fact that I've been preaching, practicing what I'm preaching. and I'm talking about my anxiety. I'm, I'm, you know, flagging it with people that are close in my circle that know how I'm doing and stuff like that and facing it head on. How's it Again, I'm so lucky to have the friendship group I've got because everyone's pretty cool. Some people don't
0: really understand it necessarily, like especially health health do. So I've never heard it described like that. Like the term I'm more familiar with is like being maybe a hypochondriac.
1: Hypochondriac, yeah, that's, that's... Same sort of thing? Like, yeah, exactly, man. Mm. Yeah, I suppose oh, the only reason I... I, I have seen this hypochondriac before. The only reason I know it as health OCD is because that's what I was diagnosed with is that I suppose it's it's a bit easier on the ears when you're a young bloke to hear that you've got health OCD rather than being a hypochondriac. And I suppose that's kind of what happened. But once I figured out what it was, I kind of understood it. And it's actually unbelievable how... And it makes me think so. It's a very negative in the sense that, it, you know, you can't believe how is my brain giving me headaches? How is my brain? But if you flip that and you think if my brain is capable of that, I just might be fucking Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> You're like, what can I, seriously, what can I achieve? If my brain can do that in a negative, it's not just designed to be negative. Your brain's there to support you and keep you alive. And yeah. I've often, and that's, what I think I draw a lot of strength from. I'm like, you know, my brain can force me to do that. Well, not force me. My brain can try and lead me into this area.
0: But we can utilize that to go in other areas. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Like I think we talked about it last time you were on, we talked about The Matrix and, you know. Still a big fan. I'm a big fan. I just think this life is, I say it all the time on here, like, I sometimes just trip out at how crazy life is. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts, not I'm isn't like, this it? isn't reality. Like, it's too cr- – some crazy things happen in this world. And I'm like, is this real? Oh, man. And like, is this, this real? There's so many things you know, that happen, like, to give I you – Do I need to
1: plug in or unplug? <laughs> to give you – can I tell you about how I got my current job at Open Arms? Please, dude. So Luke and myself are about to walk across. We're going to do the 4,000 Ks for 4,000 lives lost to suicide due to COVID. We're going to walk from Perth to Sydney. We're going to walk from Perth whoa, whoa, to Sydney. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Four thousand Ks for four thousand lives lost To each... suicide in two thousand and twenty. Is that how many went into? Is that so a, The is not, that the number? The, is the it, actual not, stati- not, is that global or Australia? No, no,
1: that's Australia. The statistic was actually three thousand. From the top of my head, three thousand two hundred and sixty. But
0: a, okay, but.
1: That doesn't account for you know car crashes in terms of like that weren't we accidents, overdoses that yeah. recorded as so. Is it when you, I look at a lot of different areas of suicide that's not recorded as suicide, it would be close to that four thousand mark.
0: Because ah oh, okay, because like the the stat that I've seen was around three hundred and fifty in a year. It's been around between three forty and three sixty.
1: No in yeah, in Australia, man. In Australia in Australia
0: it's three thousand
1: it's three thousand four hundred to three thousand six hundred. A year. Yeah, man. Every so to give you was... an idea, in this yeah. podcast, yeah. you and maybe for two hours, we'll lose one person to suicide,
0: roughly. Wow. In Australia. See the stat I also seen it was like ten point four per one hundred thousand people. That's the stat. So maybe yeah, okay. I'm not very I'm not like the best maths guy, but It's too many. Oh, yeah, big time. One is too many. Yeah,
1: exactly right. If you've experienced anything to do with suicide... That's exactly right, like, but that's kind of, so that's what we're going to do, right? We're going to walk 4,000 kilometres for every, each life lost to suicide in the, like What's that. It? Yeah, it was nuts. We when? planned it out in 2020, uh, last year, sorry. Last 2021, year. 2021, yeah, and it was just before the lockdown, right? So we had all these incredible plans, like we, and it took us fucking ages to get permits to go, to walk from Perth, because we were going to facilitate <sighs> our sessions on the way, right? Like, you know, and create as much awareness as we could. talk We had plans to talk to 100,000 people when it was, all of it was lined up. Two weeks before we left, lockdown.
0: Dude. We
1: had so we had sponsors like Avita, like Avita Motorhomes. They gave us a motorhome for the trip. It was like a two hundred <laughs> thousand dollar, like incredible motorhome for us to do but just for our crew. Like yeah. we were obviously walking, but like we had, had to our crew. Yeah, we had well. the save. So like hooked us up. So we had some incredible sponsors that were helping us out Dude. and stuff like that. And then yeah, man, and no, it wasn't even sorry, we had our black tie night on the fourteenth of May, and then a week later, lockdown and everything, months of planning done out the window. That's unbelievable. So we pivoted when that happened. I'll, I'll get to the job in a sec, but we pivoted from that and then we went to a walkathon that people could do during lockdown in September and we had a fantastic response and we had a, a heap of walkers that we sent a shout-out to everyone that walked or everyone that raised over $100 or something like that for us and we had heaps of people walking and the walk was going to be, you know, if you're walking, it's for either someone that you've lost, you know, could just be because, you know, you really want to help out Talk To Me Bro, but we, it was a walk, like, let's say, for Big money, which is the whole reason that Talking Bro exists, is that I walked, you know, for Maddie and the people that I've lost to suicide. So during that walk, it was a bit of a thought about them and being like, you know, I'm walking and we walked nine kilometres a day. So it was a, a big, you know, decent, but that's because that was nine suicides a day. That's the stat.
0: In Australia. In, I'm telling you. Just Australia. Just
1: Australia. Yeah. Shannon, suicide is the biggest killer under 45 for males. It's yeah. double the national road toll.
0: I thought heart disease was.
1: No, males under 45. Under, 45, under 45 at suicide.
0: It's double the national road toll. I guess my mind just keeps going back, like, to where are we going wrong as a species? So if this was happening in any other species, there'd be reasons like there's famine, there's disease, and that particular species is like, okay, we've got to basically evolve ourselves out here because we're not going to survive, or something like that. Yeah. I mean... Is it just, are we living, we're living wrong? Like, it's that it's that straightforward to me. Yeah, I suppose that's true, but I feel... I know it's a big, it's a big picture idea and question, but... I was well, just about to what's, say... What's the source of
1: it? What's the core? Well, one thing that you've got to remember, so we're going, within suicide, we're doing. We're already dealing with it being taboo, but then you've also got religious beliefs, which everyone to their own, that's fantastic, but, you know, suicide being sin, so there's just so many different angles that we're dealing with it in terms of how people, how people perceive it and everyone's relationship to it. But I suppose if you look, right, if you look 60 years ago, let's let's go 20 years ago at how we viewed mental health and suicide versus where we are now and how long humans have been around in general. Like, don't get me wrong we have so much fucking work to do like that's that's a given but how far we've evolved in 20 years to we're at a point now where like there's a lot more inclusivity we're talking about suicide for the fact that you know we're allowed to go out you know we're allowed but the fact that schools workplaces and gyms and you know we've chat we've presented over twenty five thousand australians since beginning in 2018 the fact that it's being received like this is really inspiring to me that we've still got a ton of work to do but fuck me dad we have changed massively over the past 20 Mm -hmm. years because you're right suicide is but the trickle on effect of kids being able to young adults being able to chat we will see though that trickle on effect not necessarily now because there still is that we're breaking that stigma of that old school mentality of harden up it'll be right like it fucking won't be clearly it won't be right because suicide's the biggest killer of males under 45 and we're still you know what is a fact for anybody listening is that just as many if not more females
0: actually attempt suicide than males but they're less successful with it. Uh, that's oh no! Is that the wrong? <laughs> I'm gonna, Not less yeah. successful. God, that's the okay. Sorry, no, they, no, bro, so common. Can I just say that is shit. extremely. I didn't mean co- to say it like that. I mean less that like they attempt. There's more. I read the stat as well. Lethal. There's more attempts, but less completion. Yeah, so it's less lethal. So yeah, no, no, that's cool. Man, honestly, dude, each time I come I'm, on, we go through stuff. It's like, and then my mind goes, I'm going to edit that out because you sound like a fucking. No, no, idiot, you don't. Then I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm leaving it in because. Oh. I am ignorant sometimes and I make mistakes and it was a stupid way to say there's nothing successful about
1: Man, it. No, not at all. Fine, but look, so the, the reason, you know, what's good about this conversation though is you and me have had this chat and then going forward when someone says like something like that to you in the future, you'll be able to correct them and that's that trickle on effect that we're talking yeah. about.
0: Well, I must admit, I don't use the word commit anymore when I talk about it. Oh, I know. I'm really Since I'm really conscious of it. Because
1: that's that's what we need to, part of us evolving, right, is being able to use better language around suicide and we want to use less judgy language like commit as if it's a crime yeah. and we want to try and be as supportive as and inclusive so the way that I would say it is that females use less le- use less lethal ways and that hence why you know there's less suicides in in females yeah it's a cry for help so we've still got but here's the thing we've still got the issue of suicide right and that's something that we're we're working towards is being able to to culminate and that's just sorry that's what we're talking about before you spiked my coffee and absolutely smoked <laughs> me best coffee with that man. yeah it's fantastic MCT coffee
0: oil black pepper yeah it's good
1: it's i'll good. use it again it's not on a figure. podcast but i'll use it again man but what we're talking about beforehand is sorry is how we've raised a female component sorry just to touch back on that of yeah. how we have raised that female component and just to finish off that yeah we've got some incredible female facilitators coming on because we understand that three out of four suicides are male but we still have that one female and yeah. we want to try and help everybody that we can because you know you might not connect with the guy but that's why we've got female facilitators and and vice versa just as many options to connect as possible
0: yeah and it's good to see all the support you know and you were talking about how our our societies are becoming more inclusive and i think it's you know largely attributed to this woke movement which gets a lot of shit put on it but i think great because people are seeking their Seeking for answers and truth and being more, like, enlightened and, and you know, spiritual. That's, I think these are good things over overall, overall. But I guess my concern is, are we not building resilience? At what stage do we say to people, listen, get your shit together, clean yourself up, and and get, you know, get busy looking after yourself and support yourself. I, th- I think, man, in terms
1: of the woke stuff and that, like, I, I agree, man. I just think we need to be less fucking judgy. Like, if you woke, if you're left, if you're this or that, that. like I you just didn't think like me saying woke. No, 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 no. I just think, because remember, last time I was on your and me, woke because yeah, you said that you were woke. Did I? Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Did you I? said, I Am never I? used that word. No, you said, I never used that word. Because we are talking about you being woke. Am I? And Yeah, I reckon. What does it mean, anyway? I don't know, but this is what i What does
0: woke mean? Like, you're awake to shit.
1: Oh, I just think it's like you're really... You're woken up. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're out of the matrix kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, so, which is... But, like, my kind of thing is I just feel like, as a society, we're super judgmental, and if you don't fit in someone's box, then, like, you know, you're no good. Like, it's just like, if everybody could just chill out and be fucking accepting of each other and understand that no like we're all humans having this experience yeah like i know we're getting super philosophical here but it's like we're all going through this for the first time that we know of like how do you know more like you know what yeah. way this doesn't mean that you're the right way we just need to be more and what we're trying to do at talking about is just be inclusive and look out for each other regardless of if you're black white girl guy what you believe in whether you're woke or not it's just being able to have each other's back and look out for each other.
0: I think it's that simple. If you're causing no harm, then you're all right with
1: me. 100%. And I think that's, yeah, that's the problem, man. It's just that there's, but we give, yeah.
0: Yeah, but then this is where it gets so, like, you know, grey. It's like, well, sitting on the fence is is, is is causing harm as well and it's things like that, you know, it's like... Well, I think the... the uh, i got to stop saying I think.
1: I feel like I'm saying that too much at the moment, but I feel like nice. way too many people fight to be right whereas just like they've got to be right and I just just being able to live with each other and accept that you're going to have points of difference you know what I mean just like to in terms of oh, you know if you're sitting on the fence you're wrong you can be like you and me can be friends and you and me can have totally different opinions I just think that's the problem is that a lot of people in society in nowadays and especially within mental health is it's like if you don't agree with me you're wrong yeah. and we can't be friends, where it's like, yeah. well, fuck, we don't have to agree on everything.
0: Yeah, but and, we can respect each other.
1: Respect each other, because, yeah. you know, you're a top bloke, Sean. I like coming on the potty, and Thank I like hanging out. Thank you. And you can so- talk about being woke, and I'm not going to judge you. Thank
0: you for that. I don't, I don't know if I'm woke. <laughs> I don't actually know if I really know what it means. But You're not woke, if that's the case. <laughs> Shit. <Yeah. laughs>
1: I'm not, man. I've got no idea. what Genuinely, I've got no idea what, I, 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 no idea what, the, what Oxford's definition of woke is, but all I can say. Is it say, even in Oxford? I don't think so. Probably woke like up.
0: Yeah, Urban Dictionary maybe. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think, I just said it, I think. <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought, but I feel like it's this inclusivity and then also, so going back to talking about your adversaries, like people that are different to you or challenge you. Like, so you're about it.
1: resilience, that's right. Yeah. yeah,
0: but what I'm saying, oh, what I'm about to say, the point I want to make is your adversaries are your greatest teachers. So when I come up against someone that has a vastly different view to me, instead of shutting them down, I'm actually... And sometimes, like, they repel me and they make me angry and they they spark all those feelings because it's like, I can't believe you would think like that, you fucking dickhead. Like, I want to say that to them. But what I'm starting to, like, what I've learned is I just really believe those adversaries or people that you disagree with, they're your greatest teachers. I think you need to step back and really try and see things from their perspective and respect that and respect the fact that they are fully entitled to their stance and their opinion you know, And if it's not few, it doesn't mean you have to hang, ha- hang out with them or be best friends with them. But I think there's a lot to learn from your adversaries. That's all I want
1: to say. It, and I, yeah, I completely agree, Shane. And I think just being compassionate, I think people need to... I'm just going to keep saying, I think I don't fucking care. Do just, I'm, I'm going with them, I mean. Do you. I think what's important is that you know like you were saying even though people have potentially juxtaposing opinions and things like you know yeah not a bad word there is like exactly like you said is is a way too many people like you and me have already talked about is that they feel like if you don't agree with them like it's so important that you do learn from other people because what happens is people sometimes forget that opinions and other things like that sometimes aren't formed from research they're formed from bias and that, that like in terms of from the family, from things like that. So being able to, and one thing I feel like I'm getting better at as I, a, as I get a bit older is being able to sit back and go, that person, like no one's born racist, no one's born sexist. This is fed into them from when they're a kid. Now, I'm very fortunate. It sits back and it's a moment of gratitude for me because I get to sit back and think, well, I was raised by two incredible parents, had a good family house, like a roof over my head, and I was taught to be accepting of everybody. But I know from the work that I'm in is that that's not the case. A lot of people aren't afforded that. And just because they do have different opinions on that, maybe that's an opportunity for you to be able to learn and grow with that person, to be able to sit back and kind of... um understand that yeah just because they don't agree with you doesn't make mean that they're wrong or you're wrong
0: empathy man it really does come back to empathy and just trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes cuz i learn i learn a ton from people that i yeah. don't agree with yeah i mean when you say oh you know I had two lovely grew up with two parents i mean i don't know what that's like mm. you know from a split family like most like a, like many many people you know and it's i think That empathy is what's going to actually drive the survival of our species because at the moment we're all just like slinging mud at each other and seeing what sticks and based on ego and wanting to be right, you know, and it's like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Have you ever heard that saying? Yeah, big time. And I love that saying. I think it's so important and that's what a lot of people... And that's why...
1: I think that's why social media is so toxic is because it gives a platform sometimes to the people that really, really should not have it. I mean, look, everybody has the... That's the best part of living in Australia. We've all got freedom of speech. But I just think that people say really, really mean things yeah. that they would never say in person yeah, that but they I, do on the, the internet. The thing is, social
0: media is not free speech either. It's so controlled and regulated. Big time, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Not, that's not an That's not an independent or open media at all. Yeah. you know, And that's actually why I love podcasting. I think podcasting is the most pure form of media. Yeah, for sure. Because it's it's I mean it can't be regulated. You, like it's I don't know, like I know it, I mean it, some of the directories can take podcasts down if they really if they're causing a lot of controversy, but it, they're really it's really where the free speech is, not not posting on social media. I think really social media shouldn't be used for anything more than like funny memes. A big time. You know, and maybe to promote your podcast and that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? I agree. But it, that's what's so, that's what's so, for me, like I'm addicted, I will admit it, I'm addicted to Instagram. I'm always looking at that shit, like, and, and I know I'm doing it. You're not alone. I know, but it's, like, it's disturbing how how well, They've they've done it to control people.
1: What well, similar to, similar to my experience with pokies and gambling, man? Is, Is it, it the same been, thing? Yeah, man. So it's designed. So it's actually designed to release dopamine and and all that the chemicals. It was scrolling, correct, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's. <laughs> like the algorithms are created by psychologists and by very intelligent people yeah. to be able to, like, for example, to to send notifications through for you to check your phone. Like, yeah. And they're called ticks how many times you check your phone like, throughout the day Sorry. is you might just... <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> as, I was I that, t- as I said that, <laughs> that, as I said that, goes, you his phone yeah, out, so, that's cool.
0: Just my friends flying to the airport, on the way to the airport. And anyway, keep going. Sorry, my So, yeah, I think that's important
1: is that, you know... By understanding that all these things and being easy on yourself is yeah, if you're addicted to your phone, like for example my demise was pokies and, and online sports betting, is that these things have been designed to release dopamine in my brain and release all these happy chemicals in my brain which crave leaving me want more and more and more, and more and to stay on it for longer and longer and longer.
0: So someone who had a who had a gambling addiction or a pokey addiction, which I mean I, I have never had. Yeah. Do you get the same does it, does it elicit the same feelings when you're on social media? So you can compare.
1: Uh, in, in ways. So, for like example, you, like, see, you feel the similarities in it? Yeah, in some ways. Like, it's, so it's certainly not like playing a po- Like, for example, for a gambling addict, it's certainly not like playing the pokies. It's very hard to emulate that because of that experience that was going on, especially within the fight-or-flight system and things like that. But in terms of, you know, your phone gives you notifications and gives you beeps and stuff like that, and as soon as you hear that beep, you think, oh, bang. You're straight on your phone, dopamine, Bang. okay so that's why like these things it's definitely a hit though like it's it's probably not comparative but it it very much is in similar in way sorry that sounds ridiculous it's not comparative but i mean that it's not on the level of gambling in my experience nowhere near however you know the notifications and everything coming through are there they're not by coincidence it's there to get that person to be on their phone all day every day yeah you don't turn them off the notifications yeah so i very real i Do I have you on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, I do. So I go through stints where I I don't have a personal Instagram and I don't have, like, I'll delete Facebook for a few months at a time. It's tricky because talk to me, bro, is, like, we've got Instagram and I don't delete that or anything or the talking to me about Facebook but personally to share messages and events and stuff I kind of need Facebook for my personal but I find myself scrolling endlessly sometimes and I hate that and that's why I'll get rid of it for a bit but it's an important business tool so it's kind of kind of balancing it but in terms of notifications no I don't have notifications set up for anything man.
0: Let's say it didn't exist how would you communicate with your members? Probably in person or via Probably guess, via, email. yeah, via. But I suppose
1: if you were to take away all technology, yeah. I suppose it'd either be like letter, you know, the old carrier pigeon. No, but email, I reckon, Email? I reckon, yeah, it'd have to be, it'd have to be email. Cause remember, emails yeah. back in the day were
0: fucking, that was the equivalent of Facebook. When you send, when you send a group email, it goes to every single one of those people in the email. Every, yeah. every single recipient actually gets it. Yeah. But on social media, like, let's say you post a story, not every single person that follows Talk To Me Bro is going to actually see that post. In fact, the algorithm will only expose it to less than 10% of your followers. So when you say it's a really important business tool, my question, and I, and I, I use that narrative for myself when I promote the podcast on it. Mm-hmm. My question is, is it really is it really that important of a business tool? For me, for like, for example, we run the catch-ups
1: each Friday and I run our LRR ones. Okay. Not, that's not the right terminology. Sorry, I don't run. I'm very much a part of it and we all run it, but I'm a part of the Wollongong catch-ups. And one way for me to advertise to friends on there that might not be aware or might not check the group chat or something like that is through that event, like, hey, we have this coming up, hey, we have that coming up, because then they can then share it, especially people like psychologist counsellors or anything that I work with, they can share it on their platform. You know, even we've got an event coming up in Darwin I've shared that on my Facebook and then some of my Darwin friends have shared that and we've gotten people from that, like participants that have come from that. <laughs> like, bless
0: you. Oh this my. is smacking you for six. Just great podcasting, <laughs> etiquette, yep, sneeze, cough, you had the shit before. <laughs> We're going great. Like I said, that weather change has just killed me. Yeah, it was the weather meant for me too. So. <laughs> That's the line of coke I just did. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do drugs. But anyway, yeah,
1: man, Wow. Okay. So in that sense, I can definitely see that it can be hindrance. But for me, I have seen it work because of, like, going to Darwin, share it with Darwin friends, they've shared it with their community and we've gotten people, members that are going to come along to that. So
0: Yeah, I guess oh – oh, my God. Sorry, Jack. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that I see where you're coming from. I know for me when I don't look at social media for a few days – man when i'm like okay i'm gonna look at it oh, i get excited like i'm like a little kid at christmas and i don't like it and i'm trying to quit it and i reckon there needs to be like can i give you groups. A tip groups there needs to be a 12-step recovery group for fucking instagram
1: i can give you a little tip for a few of that what first one is putting your phone on black and white taking away color have you tried that before? how do you do that give me your phone
0: I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to commit to this. How do you do
1: this? Yeah, I'm telling you now, I'll, be, I'll do it in two seconds for you. I'll, and I'll walk any viewers. I'll walk any viewers through this, right? So if you're on your phone at the moment, where we'll, we'll go to settings. Where's your? Don't setting? read me messages. Where's your settings for me? Why did Pizza Hut call you at 3am? I don't
0: know.
1: Okay, so what we want to do, so to make your phone black and white, and I'll explain why we're going to do this. But what? for anybody listening, just let's just go into it and let's do it. You go to accessibility in settings. Go display and uh, text size and go to colour filters, and then flick the switch and go to off. And now how less attractive is it like a microphone? Oh, phone?
0: shit. I can't. I don't want to look at it.
1: Exactly right. So part of one thing of getting off my phone it's more is like turning... like a pokey. Yeah, exactly right. And see, the one fun fact, Shan, <laughs> A, your phone looks like shit now. Change it back, change it back. <laughs> but one fun fact about your phone, right, is that Fuck. you will never see colours outside in actual nature that you will on your phone.
0: I know. Then I'm like, our phones making us evolve to like be more, like, like better with colours and stuff. Like, we're getting better eyesight because of these things.
1: <laughs> no, you're getting worse. Fun, yeah. But you, so your eyesight actually, de- yeah, you're, it's actually really bad for your eyesight. Change it back. Change it back. What you can do with it? Get it away from me. I'm telling you now, Shane, If disgusting. you want to be on, disgusting. If you want to be on your phone less. That's one thing that I would highly recommend because, look, the first day is extremely difficult because you think I'm so used to it. I like it though. I but like after it. three or four days of having a black and white screen, you'll find your screen time goes down 30% minimum. It's like,
0: oh, I just can't be bothered.
1: I just look shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start having a more appreciation for yeah. the actual cool stuff in life, or, you know, that's out there.
0: It comes back to dopamine hit. Mm. I'm looking for that dopamine hit. That shit's addictive.
1: And the, you look at how much dopamine we, – we use so much more dopamine now than we did, you know, when we are Years ago Essentially that's because All these new devices That are around Are designed for dopamine For us to be on Especially with technology So I feel like That's important To remember as well
0: Yeah I think so For sure Speaking of like Really important things man Like I know that Combat sports Have been a big part Of your journey You like You like boxing You like fighting And stuff like that Mm -hmm. Do you think Like for men An outlet like that Is Very important I
1: feel it's really important for a number of reasons. The first is that the more competent people, and this isn't the case for everybody, there's always anomalies, but the more competent you get in combat sports and the more confident you are with your ability to protect yourself and to protect others, the less you need it and the less you use it. A lot of fights in town are by, you know, these... Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. These Muppet arms that have no idea. So I feel it's important that it's important in that regard, but also just for your mental health. Like I've, I've trained twice today. I trained once with Bredo this morning, and we trained again in one of Bredo's classes as Savo. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm loving training at the moment. I was with Jules, and so I think it's in you know important to be able to. Learn how to defend, just defend yourself because it's really good for your confidence, your self-esteem. There's just so many positive effects and it's also a release for this negative energy that's within us. Like when, you know, when you're having a bad day, hitting pads is such a positive way to be able to release those, you know, release that promotion you didn't get, to release that breakup, to release different things like that or, you know, not even to that level. But if you've had a shit day, anybody that's hit pads before will be able to attest to that. Yeah, for
0: me as a man, it gives me the Best form of like moving meditation. It's moving meditation. Yeah. And that repetitive nature of it, the thinking about the way you're moving your body, but also just bonding with other people in those gyms because the, the, the workouts are so hard, you know, like and there's just so much admiration and for re- respect for other people who are going through the same pain. So you bond on this different level. And the other thing is, like, when you spar, and I think everyone needs to spar at least once in their life. Yeah. Like, I, I realised, I thought about it, like, I don't think I've ever been angry at the person that I'm sparring. Have you? No, never. I feel... Not even once. If, if anything, I just want to hug them. It's important, yeah,
1: because there's that mutual respect for the most part. Again, anything yeah. can happen, but there's mutual respect between the both parties, and you're both working together for the same. You know, as you're trying to get better and improve, and you're not trying to. That's what's cool about if you do get a good sparring partner, is that you're able to to move around, better yourselves, hit at fifty, sixty percent, know that you're both safe because it's a safe learning environment. Well, there's nothing worse than getting a fucking flog come in and trying to kill you, because yeah. then that's when you kind of do. I'd have to sit back and think, what are you doing, Jags?
0: Nothing worse than getting kicked in the head by Leon Edwards. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Can we talk about that quickly? Hear me. Because I know you're into the UFC. Yeah. I'm only like I've only really got into the UFC the last couple of years, but I've just become really obsessed with it.
1: It's been like a lot of people see it as like a thug sport and Wait. and things like that, but. um Yeah, I really feel that it's, like, there's just so many dynamics behind it, like, you need to be good at this, you need to be good at that, like, boxing, not to take anything away is incredible, but to be a, you know, and again, they're on their own level with their hands, so I won't get into that, but... Just the different levels of, and what I admire the most is the discipline, because as I've been doing these things and making these shifts in my life, one of the big hardest parts for me is keeping that discipline. It's easy to be disciplined when people are looking, but it's what you, you know, it's the cookies that you're eating at fucking midnight, and then, and like, we, like, laugh about that, but I'm like, man, there's heaps of times where I've been running courses recently, I've been running heaps of courses, like, for assist which is applied suicide intervention skills training with work as well as going away with talk to me bro and stuff and during that there's a lot and lot of bakeries and a lot of donut shops on the road brother and you know it's easy because not many people around it's easy for me to have that little crispy cream but you know i'm the one that's going to know about it i'm gonna have to deal with it and that's been tricky because you know i'm a human i fuck up heaps where i'll have a couple crispy creams and just said the reason I can say that is just because the discipline it requires to be an MMA star is just incredible. And I have so much respect for that because, A, I've, tra- I've trained at a pretty good level. Like I've been over in Thailand and trained at some cool gyms. And I just know, especially with fight camps and stuff, that it's not easy. You need to be disciplined. And it's just on another level. And the other thing is that you're walking into an arena where there's not guaranteed you're going to come out okay.
0: True. True. I do, like just going back to the UFC specifically, the more I watch it, and, yeah, it's brutal. The more I understand that how well trained and refined those guys are, but I'm also learning that the referees are so good in those sports. They really know how to protect the fighters. And compared to boxing, it, you can really notice, like, I know they get a lot of big head hits when they happen, but they're getting definitely less... Turnover of head hits compared to boxing, so they're not they're not getting as tapped in the head as much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that's because you know, they're just so. And when many... they do,
0: it's a big one, but there's there seems to be less head hits. You know, there's a, a little. There's leg kicks, there's body kicks, and then there's the grappling and and the wrestling. So I don't know. I'm just starting to s- see the actual complete elite level of these guys. It's so inspiring. In, yeah,
1: my, in my opinion, no, and no, I, I completely agree. And, and I they're think they're tough as oh, yeah, they're tough as woodpecker lips. Like, you gotta be, Daniel. Like, you really have to. <laughs> tough you look like tough, tough as woodpecker lips. Think about how tough they have to be. That's <laughs> they, tough.
0: They, they, they gotta get through wood, do Yeah,
1: so the, my takeaway from that is just the discipline is something I admire massively. So, like, some of the egos there are fucking can go in the bin, but like. Definitely though, that discipline is incredible because I know that just even like the basics of life after you've had dinner and you don't eat any more carbs and you don't eat anything, but then you know, Uber Eats give you that little message, you go five dollars off Macs, and you're like fucking you know what, instead of forty it's thirty five, so really yeah. I'm pretty much making money to eat this McFlurry. That's so you know <laughs> We all do it. So and that's that's where discipline is yeah. really
0: that makes a difference. But that's the thing again, like There's these quick fixes, these numbing behaviours, instant gratification. It just epitomises our society. We want instant gratification and and we can get instant gratification for everything.
1: Social media. What do you Uh, mean? Social media is instant gratification. You know, you put up a picture of yourself in your jocks and I mean I mean me personally yeah. that'd be like three likes, so it wouldn't be that much yeah, gratification. That many, that many. Yeah, and it'd be yeah, me misses and but what
0: if no one likes it, then it's the opposite. <laughs> exactly right. But like
1: that that's what I mean. My point is that like instant gratification, it's easy to get. It's it's a lot it was a lot harder years ago to get that gratification. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> nowadays
0: And you can buy things on credit so easy.
1: Oh, I mean after pay, before pay, that's this, true. that.
0: Yeah, that's man, ridiculous.
1: For, yeah, like so for when I had issues with gambling I felt it was unbelievably easy with someone who shouldn't have been able to get a loan to get a loan. And I'm just lucky that I didn't do myself in in terms of like, you know, go, go above and beyond my means. I did in terms of the gambling, but I was f- very fortunate that I was able to get everything back, you know, and be able to work my butt off to get back to the point where I'm at currently, yeah. which is the best place I've, I've ever been, you know, but... You know, lenders just give out money hand over fist, man. And if you're a gambler, specifically, or even if you're a shopper, like, or even if you're just bad with fucking money, it's so easy to get $500 now. Like, is it? Yeah, it's man. Like, hell, yeah, you you hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just to take this bag over to this bus stop for me in twenty minutes, Jen. No, like, what? What it's like, like, you, like for example, like you can download. So you can when I. There's like quick you, like loan apps. And well, stuff? before pay, for example, as an app. Yeah, so before pay, you can get loans up to two grand, but it's like, and right. it just comes out of your next pay. For example, so if you don't get paid for two weeks. You can go on before pay and see, I don't want to advertise that and, and make it be known that I'm not certainly not condoning it because I think it's terrible, and when I was struggling with gambling, those kind of quick fixes, credit were one of my biggest demise and one of the biggest enablers of my problem. One of the best things I've done is like close all credit cards and all that so that that way I had to live in the present and it forced me to yeah to make those changes and not enable me.
0: yeah, I mean we're very controlled by money, we all are there's no doubt about it. Mm. There's a lot of emotion attached to money.
1: I think just because we've, as a society, evolved so much that we've placed money at the hierarchy.
0: We have. We have. Well, it's not so much the money, it's the things. Oh, well, the things that can get you, of course. accumulation of stuff. Yeah. I I actually don't see it as a status symbol anymore, really.
1: In what regard, Sean?
0: I don't know. In terms of, like, the more money you have, does it really put you into a different echelon of society?
1: No, not at all. I mean, you know, you can... Be a piece of shit when five hundred million dollars. It doesn't. True. doesn't mean anything. But you just can afford more things than we get. I suppose <laughs> you're a piece of shit that can afford, you know, getting a reach each night. That's
0: true. with With talk to me, bro. So, like, how's it? How's it tracking in terms of its? Its? I guess it's continued development. So, where are you up to now? I know you had. I know you've got. You know, like a base in Wollongong. You've got one in Newcastle as yeah, well. New yeah, so What's, what's work up there? going on?
1: Yeah, so, like, we've just not too long ago brought out, like, our, we've been running joint sessions for guys and girls, we've been doing, like, the meditation, or not necessarily meditation, but, like, a bit of breath work, and just a joint catch-up, which has been fantastic, but in terms of what we've done since last time I've on, and, like, where we're going, we're in every state now, which is super, super cool, I'm super humbled to be in, you know, we're going up to, Luke and myself will be going up to Darwin, in a couple of weeks, and presenting up there, and facilitating a few seminars, and then we'll be at Perth a few months later, and then we're going to melt like so. We're in every state. We'll be nearly yeah, every state within the next six months, uh, in terms of, and that's not just like we already are in terms of. We've got following in each state, but that'll be we we'll have facilitated sessions. I've got a number of them in each in each state and we've talked to, we crunched the numbers about three weeks ago and we've talked, presented, better yet, presented and facilitated these seminars to over 25,000 Australians since we began in 2018.
0: So you're passing on, like, you have a formula that you work with? And like a program that you're passing on to these different... Correct. People.
1: So we go to organisations, different workplaces, gyms, you name it. You know, what's cool, Sean, I talked to you about this earlier is so we went out to an Indigenous community out in Brewarrina where there's a number of suicides out there and a real bloke, good bloke named Eddie reached out to us and said, we've got a few problems here, I want you to come out. And it's a 10-hour drive. Anybody that doesn't know, go Google Maps and type in Brewarrina and New South Wales and you'll be able to see where we went to. And it was a 10-hour drive and, yeah, it's a community that like a number of other Indigenous communities that need our help, being able to chat about suicide and, and you know, be able to normalise that. And we went up there, which was super, super cool. We went to a yarn circle up there. They put on like this massive feed for us. And, yeah, I've actually facilitated one of our seminars with one of our Indigenous correspondents, I suppose, and one of our Indigenous members in like one of those yarn circles. And we had an absolute ball and it was really well received. There would have been, I reckon we would have talked to at least 70, 80 Indigenous elders up there as well as like emerging and, and things like that. And we got to, we gave out like 60 shirts and they're all loving it. We did ice bars and stuff like that. So we're going out to a number. We're not just one dimensional, like, well, this is how we're going to do it. We got the, you know, Eddie reached out to us and said, I want you to come up to our community. We need it. And we did it. Man,
0: you drove. Oh, that's amazing. Ten
1: hours, man. I left it, and you know what? So we I've had. Never, a... I've
0: never been to that part of our country.
1: Oh, it's you know what? It's so beautiful, man. I'll show is you pictures it? after this. Yeah, it's yeah. like, but it's just there are really like a bunch of a town that's a really incredible people that just need our support. Yeah. And for any Indigenous, you know, members that are listening to this podcast, you might not have heard of. You might, but I think it's worth mentioning. There's a number that's one through yarn, and what that is, it's a helpline for like it's similar to Lifeline, but it's where you'll speak to um, an elder or you'll speak wow. to an Indigenous support worker that'll be able to help you. Yep.
0: Amazing. 1-3-YARN,
1: yeah. So we've added that to all our cards. We give out to all communities now, or not just to Indigenous communities, but to hand out everywhere is part of our I Need Help cards yeah. is you got Lifeline, Beyond Bill and all that. But we've added 1-3-YARN now and it's all reviews and everything are fantastic.
0: Yeah, so yeah, just quickly run us through the emergency the list of emergency services and, and hotlines that you recommend. So you said Lifeline.
1: Lifeline are fantastic. Beyond Blue, Suicide Callback Service. Mm-hmm. Suicide Callback Service. Yeah, Suicide Callback Service is fantastic. What, you, you call, leave a message and they call you back? Yeah, correct, correct, yeah. So they're, they're really good. And then, yeah, the one three yarn. Well, Luke and myself were actually up at, since last time you meet, chatted champ. We went up to the International Suicide Prevention Conference in Gold Coast, and got to—we were lucky enough to listen to like all the top research, what's happened recently in the field of suicide, and listen to the top psychs and doctors in the world chat. And that's one thing that we took—take on—taken away from it was we listened to a lady who actually founded One Three Yarn, and were completely inspired by her story and how this has came about. And it's exactly what's needed to be able to have, you know support for indigenous
0: people in the community because they're incredible people that need our support yeah and they're overrepresented in the data in regards to suicide do you know what the number is Sean? i don't know the, i don't know off the top of my head but i i have I, when i was researching the numbers that it is said that it is it's over they're overrepresented
1: yeah suicide's four times more four likely six, yeah six, four, four times more likely in indigenous males yeah it's heartbreaking. So so yeah, we're we've been out to the, like you know, went out there, been to Darwin, been around heaps like we've ran our black tie recently so we've had an absolute ton on and we're keeping super busy at talk to me bro and we're expanding like we're gonna we've got a leadership retreat coming up soon for like the leadership group within talk to me bro to start planning and doing some more so like training facilitators yeah so yeah training facilitators through running them through our programs and like how we want them run and things because that's the thing shan that's unique is working in suicide isn't you know not the I don't even know how you'd put it, but it's not an easy task to work in suicide. It can be dark, it can be very draining, and unless you have the right tools, I don't necessarily, or, you know, not just me, but with, you shouldn't be working within, even if you've got a heart to serve, it's really important that you've worked on yourself and you've got the right tools around you because the last thing that we want to do is put you in a position where you're like, you know, you fall into that headspace of the person you're trying to help because it can be quite dark, and unless you're... um all right. Yeah, unless your force field's up and you've kind of got your boundaries, unless you've got your boundaries in place, and that's something that I struggled with when I first, you know, was doing all the Talk To Me Bro stuff is that the boundaries, it's really important. That's why we're pretty, I wouldn't say picky, but we've definitely, because we just want to help the people that are helping us, you yeah. know what I mean, and not just chuck in the lurch, so... Yeah, that's important. We're going to do some work on that, some facilitator training, and, uh, yeah, we've got some incredible stuff lined up. We, we've got a massive goal for how many people we want to facilitate to in the next
0: 12 months. So, Wow, man. It's beautiful. I love what you do. That's why, like, you know, I want to join the show again, and I just think... You know let's keep the discussion going and and spreading these messages and, and also it's just spreading the strategies for support and and where people can reach out I just think people need constant reminders you know and I was talking to my friend the other day my friend Mikey if you're out there you know he's one of those mates who you can call any time of day you know always will listen he'll listen to your broken record one of those friends mm-hmm. you know we're just talking about how <clears throat> You know, we all fall into these dark spaces, you know, we really do. I think if anyone, if anyone says that they don't, you know, they're full of shit in my opinion. But also like just he sort of reminded me like and I reminded him too that there's so many beautiful moments as well in our life and those beautiful moments, those magic moments that life dishes out are worth living for.
1: And no matter where you feel that you're at, if you feel like you've got no like you're absolutely helpless and there's no way back. Like from someone that's been suicidal before, struggled with addiction and, and has been in that dark hole, and I know you and me have chatted about this, Shan, but that's what we preach. It's a rough patch, not a rough life. And I know it can yes. sound a bit cheesy, but it's true is because I thought there was no coming back and that the world would be better off without me. But fast forward three yeah. years you know, and look at where we're at now as a, an organisation. And just me personally as I've never been this happy in my life. Yeah. And the moments just walking around the harbour yesterday, I was kind of euphoric because yeah. I just had my headphones in. I was listening to really chill beats. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, man, how like I'm so lucky to A, live here, and I'm like, just be, be alive.
0: For you know? sure. But
1: I wouldn't have thought that three years ago. So uh, hopefully to anybody listening that if you are going through a tough time, you understand that tough times, you know, don't last and that will – be over, you just need to keep going through, keep reaching out, keep finding support. Keep, you know, if you can't handle day to time, go an hour.
0: Dude, I love that. I love that. Like a day to time is one of my like mantras for life. Yeah, and then when it's intense, sometimes it is an hour at a time. But even in those really intense times, you can find magic. You can find beauty. It could be as something as simple as a as an epic sunset or an epic sunrise, or just a friendly face in the supermarket, like, it's there, you know?
1: And I think the reason I'm... I feel like the reason that I've become so grateful for a lot of different things in life is because of those hardships. Without those hardships in my life, I feel like I wouldn't be that grateful. And now, what without those things, what probably wouldn't have been, you know, what would have just been an average walk because of those fuck times where I didn't want to be here and I wanted to kill myself, that made me, you know, that makes those walks special where I kind of sit back and I think... Look at we, you know, it's that old meme, you know, that one of, I can't remember the actor's name where he's like, Look at us, look at us, who would have thought? Not me. People will get that. But yeah, it's, it's a really funny call. I'll show you the video clip afterwards, but you just kind of sit there, and there's a lot of times nowadays, especially, where I look in the mirror and I'm so proud of who I've become. And I know that might sound arrogant or wankish, but it's just because I know how low I was with so many different things in my life, and I'm so proud of staying in the fight and becoming who I am.
0: It's funny how you had to add to that, oh, I might sound arrogant or wankish. Like That's such an Australian cultural thing. I think we have this, that tall poppy syndrome is so ingrained, if you dare say something positive about yourself, you better back it up with, oh, I know I probably sound like a wanker. No, 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 no. It's okay to talk yourself up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to be cognizant of the yeah. fact that it's because I very much value you. You're right. You know, I'm not just it's about to, to go undervaluing humility. It's yeah, to I be be humble. You.
0: But what is wrong with saying, hey, I like myself. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. Yes. What's wrong with that? No, there's not at all. And you know yeah. what, Sean? Maybe I can take that home. Dude, take it home. Have yeah. a good look in your mirror and go, I'm not a wanker. I just, I just sometimes wank. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then my missile in the background and be like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. But listen, bro, like, it's been epic and it's been an interesting podcast. You know, we, like I said, I've had hay fever, which is never good for recording. And, uh, you know, we had the toilet break issue. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was yeah, not good for, for business. It's good for business. But I do ask all guests to come with a cause they want to support or advocate for. But in your instance, I think you are the cause. So i charity. going to go with Talk To Me Bro here, my man. So, tell people how they can be involved or at the very least donate, but I always think participation is the best. We can do more than that. Best. Yeah, for sure. So, so
1: if you want to, if you're sitting there and feel like Talk To Me Bro is something you want to be a part of, then please reach out to us on socials because let's chat because even though you might be like, I don't really have money or I don't really have eggs, we can still definitely work out how you can work and you might, you know, you might be an accountant, you might be someone that can help in other ways by, you know, a service that you offer like you know we had we get people that help us out in a number of different ways so it doesn't have to be money if you like our merch you know donations all proceeds we're not-for-profit organizations any money we make off merch goes straight back into suicide prevention in australia we've got some awesome new lines coming out we've got a new label coming out that's talking on the front but it's got that i really like that expression that we've kind of i don't think we've coined it but we're very much believing is it's a rough patch not a rough life so we've got that coming out on shirts and jumpers so we've got a different couple of different slogans so if you are to talk to me, bro you know get our merch reach out to us see if we can come out to your school workplace gym whatever it is we'll come out and chat if you're in an indigenous community or anything like that there's nobody that we you know won't present to because presenting to everybody facilitating to everybody is a massive ripple effect
0: yeah for sure i also just want to add one thing i think there's so much to be said about being a good listener so you can say to people talk to me bro but are you really listening, or are you waiting for your turn to speak? And that's something I want—I work on all the time. It's like, am I doing that? But I'm really working on just listening. Listen deeply. Listen.
1: Well, to sign off with that's actually—we could talk about hours on this, but we won't. But what's interesting, Shan, is during helping a friend out who could be struggling. I think that's so important because a lot of the times we might be overwhelmed with anxiety or different things. If you know your mate is struggling. Or even not if they're struggling. Sometimes with listening, we are thinking of what to say next. And sometimes our ego's in there being like, oh, we need to say something smart or we need to know what's going on here. Yeah. And you can very much tell the difference between that and being genuine in a conversation. So I think that's a great point, Chan, is to be actually – I'd much rather a person sit there, have no idea what to say, but no, be fully listening than to be in their own head just trying to conjure up something to say.
0: Pretty much sums up being a podcaster.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, brother. Sitting,
0: sitting here with no idea in my
1: head. <laughs> just fucking sneezing every time I'm trying to say something.
0: What? Dude, I'm allergic to you. <laughs> yeah. I'll start up, dude. So like, talk to my allergies, bro. <laughs> oh, man. If you yeah, I'll put a, if you scroll down in this episode, there's a link to the Talk to Me Bro website for more information. I'll also put links to the various emergency services that can be accessed that Jack mentioned. And uh, this episode is on all the major podcast platforms and whatever platform that you listen to this podcast on. Please follow, subscribe. We also have the THT YouTube channel. Now, listen, man, YouTube is oh, it's so hard. Like, no one watches these videos. Thank God. Don't watch me go And I'm wondering, I'm wondering why I got all the production effort. But it's because I believe in it, in documenting uh, some of these amazing humans we have on here. So, yeah, help us out. Get on the YouTube channel. Maybe subscribe to that as well and just get involved, communicate, you know, interact and all that stuff. I don't know. But you do you. But I'm just stoked that you listen. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thanks, brother.
1: And check in on a friend, even the smiley ones, because they could be struggling too, baby.
0: Dude, is everyone struggling? Everyone's struggling. we to look out for each other. I cool. don't feel like I'm struggling as much as I used to. You look good. Like I'm... Thanks, man. Thanks. See how I took that compliment oh, real quick? You said, you look good on Thanks, man. Look like a young Denzel in this life. Do I? Do <laughs> I? I got a bit of sun. The sun came out on Sunday. Yes, sir. I was just like shirt off. I, I didn't care if it was fifty <laughs> degrees. Like, <laughs> but the sun was out. I was like, I'm getting tanned. But I, the thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is, I like just, for me personally, I'm in a, in a real bit of a, a peaceful state in my life. Like, I have, I have these moments of sadness for various reasons, but overall, I'm just. I feel like I've just been on this seeking, searching journey for so long. I'm actually just sitting back and just enjoying life a bit more, and not taking it so fucking serious. Sorry to swear, but no. when you swear, it just makes you feel like you're really saying it's
1: bad. It. Pe- can be powerful. <laughs> I, yeah, I need to be better at picking that. But yeah, yeah, just en- yeah.
0: I've just been really personally just just enjoying the things in life.
1: Like mm, presence is present.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's what's happened, and I'm just going to enjoy it while I can. 'Cause I'm sure there's more anguish and despair and searching and seeking to happen. And all that's gonna make those
1: happiness, those little happy moments even better, man.
0: But it's not good for the podcast. Like I need to be in a state of like despair for it to be interesting.
1: <laughs> just make sure all your podcasts are run off to shit halfway it's like it's through not next emotional
0: time. Enough. It's got to. Know, to be honest, like I just wanna talk about like I wanna talk about UFC. <laughs> I wanna talk about surfing and skateboarding. But I do really, I don't want to discredit what we're talking about. I love this as well. But talking to MA fighter Colby Thickness, who's an ambassador. Big boy. for yeah, talking he's, bro, he's a weapon man. Talking Weim. to him on the weekend, and I just can't wait just to really get into the nitty-gritty of his training regimes and what's it like to really be in the octagon and shit like that.
1: He's going to be fantastic. He's a good speaker too, man. Uh, we're Is very he, lucky man. to have him on board of of what we're doing and see him wrapping our stuff. And you'll see him on the big stage in the years to come, no doubt. Golden boy. Yes, sir.
0: <sighs> All right, brother. You're a legend. Let's go. You. <laughs>